it's wild the amount of stock michael mann had in audio slave <laughs> <laughs> no one is more devastated about chris Cornell's suicide than him Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Cree and Scroll of all ages, welcome to MCU Beyond Infinity, a show where fellow like-minded Marvelites have assembled to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is John, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host and fellow sloth, Baby Travis, to break down the final installments of Marvel Studios' Miss Marvel. In the year and a half since WandaVision debuted on Disney+, Plus, the Marvel television universe has welcomed a host of both new and familiar faces. But Miss Marvel stands alone as the one title that isn't fronted by either a returning character or, in the case of Moon Knight, an A-list movie star. Considering this is a coming-of-age story, it is fitting that they cast an unknown to captain this ship. And although this is Ayman Valani's debut role, she confidently leads this origin story throughout the first season with Infectious Charm. While pairing a high school set story with the discovery of superpowers is a tale as old as... Well, as old as Spider-Man, there is a risk of repeating the path taken by every version of Peter Parker we have seen over the course of the four rebrandings we've had in the past two decades. Thankfully, <laughs> Kamala has stepped out of this enormous shadow and Miss Marvel offers a new perspective on the identity crisis that impacts almost every figure who finds himself able to do the extraordinary but before we get down to the granular detail on everything that happened over the course of both episodes five and six, I think it wise to address the enormous mutated elephant genes in the room. <laughs> while, <laughs> while Disney and Marvel Studios having, well, with Disney and Marvel Studios having successfully acquired 20th Century Fox and with it, the intellectual property rights of the characters Marvel Comics had sold to them in order to dig themselves out of some dire financial difficulties in the past. It was only a matter of time before our precious MCU formally introduced us to the world of our favorite Merry Mutants. Now, Travis, was this where you were expecting the introduction to what is perhaps other than Spider-Man, Marvel Comics' most precious golden geese of a property. And uh, how do you feel about Kamala Khan officially being labeled a damn dirty mutant? <laughs> I I don't know if we're going to talk about it later again, but... Oh, we're going to uh, talk about it constantly. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, I figured. Like, yeah, I yeah. mentioned you before we went on. We could run and talk about the last 10 minutes of this episode for an entire episode of our normal uh yeah, I kind of thought they might do this, though I kind of forgotten it <laughs> by the time we got here, because I was just, he, she's a gin. And now I'm kind of confused about what that means. I know that there are, there's like brew, the, the mutant brood, so there's 
other species can have mutants, but humans in particular were experimented upon in the comics. So it's, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in with this ending that I'm confused about, but I'll not think too much about it. Yeah, I'm like in the same camp too, because they almost kind of like, while I have liked the way that this series has taken on her power abilities and, you know, obviously she's not an inhuman, which is totally fine by me, but then it starts off with, oh, now she has the bangles and this is why she has the powers. And it's like, no, no, no. The bangles only activated the powers because you're actually a genie. And now it's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> the bangles yeah, activated the powers because yeah. you're a genie. And the reason why you're not just a regular genie is because you're actually a mutant as well. And it's like, okay, so you have like three different potential origins that you pick for a character to kind of tiptoe your way around, not using an inhuman. And you just settled on all three instead of just one of them. You know well, what I mean? That's even the most the last confusing bit is that Cameron also has very similar mutant abilities, but he got his from his mother somehow. And <laughs> so were the gins mutants and like, do well also like you kind of mentioned how the mutants in the comics do come from other species. Like the brood is, is like the example yeah, that you have, pointed out. They have one uh, at least. One at least, but you can also make certain arguments for how the mutants in the comics, certain ones, I'm thinking magic in particular, mm-hmm. um, she also gets her powers from another dimension and that's kind of yeah, accessed yeah. through a certain, like, you know, ancient artifact that is her giant cool magic sword, well, yeah, which has a name did, I can't remember. <laughs> raised by a demon for a bit, so it's... <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of makes sense for her. They haven't really explained, and I'm worried that whenever they do get to explain Miss Marvel's power origins beyond the mutant stuff, I I just hope it's not bad. (laughs) Yeah, just don't, like, make it too messy. You know what I mean? Um, I know that X-Men and not too messy is not like... (laughs) The movies don't have to emulate that uh, messy continuity and mechanics and stuff like that. Uh. I mean, having Kamala Khan be a mutant um, for me, especially in the MCU, starts to, a course on two really cool things that I think are really integral to kind of telling a good X-Man story, mm-hmm. like a good mutant story. And one of those is you have what I call the ride-along character, or your POV yes. character, or yes. your audience surrogate. And, this and we just... Whole- we had the same thought on this. Uh, go ahead. I- no, no, no. It's like in, in the comic books, you have characters like Kitty Pride. Uh, mm-hmm. Even the first, you know, Stanley Jack Kirby uh, issues had Jean Grey kind of being the newcomer on the block. Yeah, yeah. Rogue in the Fox movies and then Jubilee in the animated series. Uh, I want to say even one of the games did something similar with Magma. So there's yes. almost always this sort of character to kind of be the POV character for the audience. And it's yeah, like some of the, so people can just read off exposition to her. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like welcome to this wacky world of craziness and you're experiencing it for the we first time with the audience. We don't have to explain why we have nicknames. <laughs> They're code names, but yes, still, still. yes, you're right. I uh, apologize. I apologize. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. But um, 
again, Kamala Khan and I'm a I'm in Valenti and her portrayal as Kamala Khan using this character as your audience's ride along is a dynamite choice, in my opinion. She's that mm-hmm. kind of like wide eyed, bushy tailed kind of just the right amount of like curiosity and competence, you know, um, that you're looking for with that kind of character. Also in the comics, she has an early, one of her first team ups is with Wolverine and it makes, I initially hoped that they would hold off on introducing Wolverine for a bit, but now I kind of want him sooner so that they can form a relationship where he kind of takes her under his wing the way he's done so many other characters in the comics. So, and and in the singer movie, it's essentially Wolverine yes. being the other person who's introduced to the school with Rogue, and they're both the two outsiders. Only he's like the older, kind of more cynical one, and she's the wide-eyed, bushy-tail one. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so I'm curious if they'll do something similar because one, I mentioned in the intro, I think other than Spider-Man. X-Men is probably the most recognizable like brand for Marvel comics. Like, can you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Aven- the Avengers now, but growing up, it was Spider-Man or the X-Men. Those were your yeah. two. For me, it was, yeah, yeah. It was Spider-Man, X-Men, uh, fucking Avengers, then Fantastic Four. I know Fantastic Four used to be like the flagship title way back along with Spider-Man, but they weren't whenever I was growing up, I guess. The Avengers weren't even either, you know, like the Avengers uh, popularity within the comic books really in my, you know, it might be wrong, but I don't think that title really sold great until Bendis jumped on like post Civil War error. The 90s had Kurt Busiak's run. It had some good Avengers run, but it was Mm -hmm. namely like. C and D level kind of characters. That that may be why I have the mental image of them selling better or just like being more popular is because they had all the characters that were in all the other uh, (laughs) (laughs) b-boys of course and we do know on this podcast we love to talk about the west coast avengers i uh I, I mean, went they, had on the, they had to be selling very well. You were clearly just proven. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I went on the Android show this week. Uh, our friends at the Android's Amazing podcast from Android's Amazing Comics in Sayville, New York, my wonderful local comic book store. And I went on there to discuss Thor, Love and Thunder with those guys. And they complimented me at the end of the episode about how this was the first time I never brought up the West Coast Avengers in a single episode that I've ever been on on that show and talked for 10 minutes at length about how much I love them so much, but uh, did you uh, even avoid mentioning characters that were on the uh, the Avengers, uh, the West Coast Avengers lineup? Like no Vision, no Scarlet Witch, no Tigra. No- I probably talked about Wonder Man for about forty five minutes. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> I had a loophole then. That's- yeah, yeah, I, I probably brought up Master Pandemonium for a little while, um, but I think Kamala Khan, you know, being this this introduction to the world of mutants is a very smart idea for the mcu she is the perfect character for this if they do it the right way and i mentioned how this kind of dump at the end of this episode with you know oh she's actually a mutant brings up the two things that i think are most fundamental to my favorite kind of X-Men story. One of them being the surrogate, the audience surrogate that we've just been discussing. And the other one is, I think the possibility of having the X-Men go to space sooner than later (laughs) is 
kind of inevitable now, knowing that it's so intrinsically intrinsically linked to (laughs) a character uh, who we know is going to be having a cosmic adventure very soon in a film that's already shot. You know yeah. what I mean? If Carol meets the Shi'ar, I will be fucking thrilled. Like, I, I, I'm on record saying I would be fine if we met the Shi'ar before we met all the X-Men, and we've gotten one mutant. Uh, not an X-Men yet, but or, or, yeah, yeah, it's, it's exciting times, potentially. Yeah, and you know the other big bomb in this is is Carol showing up at the end of the episode, which we'll kind of get to, and the the you know this character will return. You know we know she's coming up in mm-hmm. the Marvels, um, which I think has already wrapped filming. But again, Carol more on the cosmic end of things, Miss Marvel being linked to Carol, us knowing that Kamala's next appearance will be in this cosmic adventure, and now us knowing that Kamala Khan is a mutant has me kind of just waiting for X-Men in space, which is, like, my favorite thing. Like, if they just say, like, why have the mutants not been around? And it's like, oh, because we were around, and then you all hated us, and we've been living on, like, Asteroid M for, for or Asteroid X or whatever they want to call it for however many years, and then I'm just like, oh, I am so happy right now. They're just, like, starting off with X-Men in space, and they have their own space colony. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have no idea how they'll do it. I... I mean, granted, you would still have mutants surfacing on Earth. That's the only issue I see with the uh, the asteroid X <laughs> or the, them being away in space. <laughs> and, um, you know, when we were talking about WandaVision and especially the powers that um, that what's her name? Um, Photon. What is the character's name? Oh, Monica Rambo. Monica Rambo. Uh, not to be confused with John Rambo, who we'll be talking about a little bit later on this episode, quite a bit. Um, Have you thought about how confusing it's going to be whenever we cover the, cover the Marvels? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very confusing. But regardless, yeah, yeah. we we're talking about how she gains her powers um, going through this force field mm-hmm. that we know, like the power source at one point in time was catalyzed by the power stone or the infinity stone you know like the tesseract or whatever right because that's yeah. like like what's her name scarlet witch's powers were were elevated rather by the space magic that was in the infinity stones we know that carol danvers got her powers from the infinity stones and then monica going through the hex you know we we had some discussions back way back when feels like fucking years ago but it was actually like about a year and a couple months ago uh, when we were covering WandaVision. And I think we all kind of said, like, honestly, like if the snaps and the Infinity Stone nonsense, like sent out some sort of cosmic radiation, because they, they mentioned that a lot about like radiation coming off that yeah, yeah. caused some sort of Thanos was had, the, the radiation spike or something along those lines was the phrasing. Yeah, Rocket like threw it out real quick yeah, and yeah. then they threw it out a couple times in WandaVision and it's the same kind of radiation. But like if the genetic mutation that causes this X gene is some sort of like radiation poisoning that like <laughs> kind of works similarly to the Terrigen mist that like activated this mutated gene and everybody, I would be totally cool with that because that would be a nice, easy way to introduce like why they haven't been around for this entire time and why they exist right 
here right now post um you know infinity saga marvel nonsense you know what i mean yeah 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 uh do you think maybe if they emulate the singer uh verse and have a grizzled older uh mutant also be in the mix maybe black bolts could be (laughs) (laughs) no i uh, i do hope they we get the inhumans in some form even if kamala isn't a member of them you can use them as like support characters in a fantastic four story or something like that they don't have to be they might need their own movie Uh, i mean it's it's so funny that so much of this and where we are now was you know the reason why it exists the way it exists is because of like strange intellectual property rights mm-hmm. ike permutter being like a grumpy weirdo and like forcing yeah. marvel uh, comics skin to went, uh, very uh, stingy with the money <laughs> yeah and like wanting to just be like cut all the mutant books we don't need to publish these anymore let's focus on the inhumans and then Marvel got the fucking rights to Spider-Man to make, uh, to put him into civil war. They rearranged their whole slate and they just dropped the inhumans from being a theatrical release. It became what it is. It's like, it's so funny the way like they kind of course corrected, mm-hmm. um, or even like diverted away. I, I said corrected, but they like did not do any correction to the inhumans. They like totally snubbed the inhumans in like the worst possible way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not, bad characters i there's a lot of resentment because of the years where the x-men were being downplayed characters weren't being created for the x-men and yeah. the inhumans were getting all the x-men stories pretty much uh i like some of those inhumans books but and i like some of those characters but it's not it's just x-men weirder x-men it, it, it's i have a sour taste in my mouth with the humans as like a comic book fan uh, because of that error at Marvel an error of Marvel that I kind of liked with the exception of there only being like two X books at one point, which all got canceled uh, kind of prematurely, mm-hmm. but uh, other than Wolverine, there were a bunch of Wolverine books. That <laughs> <were being published. laughs> um, but like, I love the Fantastic Four. I've read every issue of the Fantastic Four ever published. And I think the Inhumans are very cool supporting characters in those books. I think the J. Lee Jenkins uh, Inhuman miniseries that came out during the Marvel Knights era at Marvel is amazing and ripe for a cinematic adaptation especially in the post game of thrones world where we know those kinds of stories can not only hold the audiences um captivated but but really get people like involved in in like like medieval kind of weird fantasy like power grab shit you know because that's what like a good solo in human book really is it like focuses on the royal family and talks it's kind of what it's all about and that's kind of why i don't want them to be left in limbo forever because i would like to see black bolt and namor and doom and gorgon yeah yeah karnak i I want the senate meetings i want Yes. I want this episode one, them all hanging out, deciding what to do about Reed Richards or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. While Maximus is like plotting against them and mm-hmm. things like that. I like all that stuff. But where I think the Inhumans stumble 
is when you go beyond the royal family and you treat it more like um like a genetic mutation similar to the way they treat um the mutants you know mm-hmm. what i mean where they talk about how there's a lot of them and around the time when miss marvel first came out in the comic books this was a time where Marvel as a company um, outside of Fox, like Marvel proper in the comic books was um, trying to phase out a lot of the X-Men stuff in a way to kind of stronghold Fox into giving them the rights back. So they focused on expanding the Inhumans and dropping the X-Men. And that's where we got books like Inhumanity and the Uncanny Inhumans and all that stuff like that in the new humans there was the new yeah, humans yeah, yeah. Book. I, yeah. my favorite is naga I, yeah. <laughs> oh it's not ulysses no, no. It, it's the one that looks like a snake lady with feathers that's the one that i like mm-hmm. this will probably not be a surprise to you <laughs> yeah that tracks <laughs> yeah that tracks really hard no. um but i will say that i will guarantee you if Marvel wasn't in that position at that very specific point in time. Kamala Khan would have been a mutant regardless. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, Sana Amanat, I, I think is her name. One of the co-creators of Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, has said that that was the original plan, was for her to be a mutant. So this is all just kind of getting things back to the way they would have been if we didn't have these weird rights things. I yeah. do hope comic Kamala Khan stays an inhuman because it makes you stand out more at this point. I think so too. And they don't really talk about her being inhuman as much as they did. No. You know? Um, no, it's like the uh, X-Men's problems and the rest of the Marvel Universe where it kind of feels isolated a lot of times. Sure. And human stuff is off to itself. Uh, And I think that's kind of like where it works best unless you have a royal of the uh, inhuman, like a member of rather of the royal inhuman family, like interacting with one of the larger groups. Like I like seeing Medusa with the Fantastic Four. I like seeing Black Bolt in the Avengers. Like I like that stuff quite a bit, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like to see a a Karnak Hercules side story in an adventure spin, a Savage Adventures (laughs) spinoff. You know what I mean? That sounds totally fine. You know, Uh, I just want to like girls. That's the other thing. That is a big one. Mm -hmm. You think we'll get them ever? It ever? Ah, I feel like he has a better chance than the rest. (laughs) But I don't, yeah, probably not. Maybe, maybe. Never give up hope. Now, last week we took a week off from covering Miss Marvel so we could discuss the latest, actually the 29th cinematic outing for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, where you could go back and listen to our episode from last week. Um, So we actually skipped our recap of episode five, uh, which was an episode that we were both really kind of anticipating and almost like really hopeful for the week prior. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like long story short, neither of us really liked it. There were good elements in it, but the overall thing is just not a good episode. And I kind of respect the idea of we're going to use Marvel movie to tell a, a story about partition. And in, in a way that was good because I, me and you weren't the only people that had never heard of it. Yes. I, I was on Reddit and there's like, Oh, what kind of people that are in the same boat so that's good but i also 
don't think they made it seem all that horrible. They looked very crowded. And like when Miss Marvel rescues her grandmother or her relative, the superhero stuff kind of fell by the wayside and the natural drama was not good enough to justify 20 minutes at the beginning because it didn't it was decent but it wasn't good enough to make up for the lack of superhero and the, the stakes i don't know if they were how did you feel about the the stakes with the scene where she makes the uh the walkway of stars and helps the child walk three feet <laughs> well she walked three feet up into a moving train so think, like i think I your parents would have found her I, uh, yeah he was yeah. right there yeah yeah like you said man like long story short this was the episode where we thought we were going to get kind of the resolution of kamala's like power set what the story (laughs) is with her grandmother or greek grandmother rather and her ancestry and we were also kind of going to get like the final battle set in motion and at the end of the day this episode was it was cool that they did like this period piece from like 1942 and they told the story set during the partition uh, mm-hmm. of, of Pakistan. Like I, I do think that's really cool, but it was very quick. It was the shortest episode by far uh, about 70% of it was spent without Kamala Khan. It was just the story of her great grandmother that we had already heard retold. We mm-hmm. didn't get any new information. It ended exactly where we thought it was going to be. And then it also resolved everything about the clandestines and didn't even set them up as the final foe. It dispatched Cameron's um, mother by the end of the episode very quickly. Some of the most worst CGI in the Marvel Universe, there's there's stiff competition these days, but it is uh, definitely, (laughs) in my opinion, the worst. Uh, The villains, clandestines, are now the worst villains of MCU. That sucks because I didn't want that to happen in this show in particular. Yes, and, uh, and it it was just there was a lot being said in the episode where they went to Karachi about how the Red Daggers were protecting this world of the Veil from coming over, or the world of the Nor rather from mm-hmm. like coming into our universe, and we were expecting like we're going to get explanations of like what these different dimensions are. Maybe it's linked to Shang-Chi with the, the city of Tao Lo and none of that moved forward plot wise for Miss Marvel. It set us up in motion for the big bad guy to be damage control and the veil stuff with this parallel universe doesn't really matter because she's a mutant anyway and it's not even about her being a djinn anymore yeah, it's very very messy very messy i uh i know that they've said that covid affected some of the production where they didn't get to film i didn't get to make as much about the clandestines that they originally planned but we've talked off air a lot today about marvel universe rushing things at a certain point i'd prefer a delay over a an inferior product i don't at this point we've had a bunch of very okay marvel shows and with highlights and yes i'd prefer to get back to being 
very excited about each one because it, the quality is going to be high. We've had 13 installments within the past 18 months mm-hmm. of this franchise, which is kind of unheard of. You know what I mean? And their scale. And again, like I'm a fan of the smaller scale stuff. I, I don't mean like scale in terms of like the, 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 the little feed that this kid has to walk to. <laughs> well, like just like the ambitions of yeah, it. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't mean like the scale of the story, you know, like Hawkeye is kind of my favorite of this entire fucking phase so far. And that's just like a Christmas diehard kind of mm-hmm. rip. And I thought that was totally fine. Like, I'm not talking about like the scale and the grand size of the story. I don't really care about the giant universe building stuff as much as a lot of people. And I understand that, you know we just finished the infinity saga of everything. And we're kind of in this phase where like, you know, the Marvel cinematic universe didn't really tell us where they were going until like the end of the first phase. So why should we all be expecting like everything to be in the infinity war and an end game level setup when that ball hasn't even started getting pushed down the hill yet? I, I don't care about that. I feel like, everything is just kind of on the cusp of being like serviceable and like, it's just like, here's a finished product. Here's a finished product. Here's a finished product. It's like, it doesn't feel as like well-oiled and fine tuned as it, as it had for a little while. And I I kind of want to complain about the CGI in Marvel in general, just for a second, because I think, uh, that's kind of taking a dip in quality. With the TV shows, it's more noticeable, probably, because they don't have as big a budget as movies anyway. But but they kind of do. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I've watched The Boys, and the CGI in that is m- much better, and it's... Like, I like Kamala's powers, and but I don't see them as particularly CGI... Difficult, unless something about the way they, they're like a diamond adds complexity to it. But I don't think that's a real thing. They're reflective. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Like we've watched enough corridor crew videos. <laughs> we need to get one of them on because yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Corridor crew, and, please reach out. <laughs> we like your videos, and I subscribe to your website. Um, There's just but, no reason for there to be such a different quality whenever roughly the same amount of money is being spent on both these shows, and not seeing it in other spots. I mean, like, look at some of the other large franchise stuff that Disney plus does. Um, I'm not going to talk about like the book of Boba Fett, but I will mention the Mandalorian. Star Wars is definitely getting more money or more something to make things look more polished. But like helps, but it's not everything. But like hire the ILM guys to do it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you are all owned by the same giant parent company Mm -hmm. and ILM like seems to have this stuff down so well with the exception of the book of Boba Fett. But like, and this is the most profitable franchise in history, maybe treated well. (laughs) Yeah. To continue to produce massive amounts of money every year. Uh, yeah, because it really feels like they just they they finish it, they wrap it, they say here it is, and they put it out. They finish it, they wrap it, they say here it is, and they put it out because they have to meet a demand that like doesn't really exist other than for yeah. fans to scream about it on the internet. Like you know <laughs> what I mean? But like 
I wouldn't mind taking a week off so I don't have to talk about a mediocre Marvel product. You know, I'd you know? wait a little longer, talk about some random shit in between, and then have something really good to talk about. Yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and spoil a little bit. This show, I like the characters more than I like the show so far. Uh, and that's I'm just hoping that moving forward we'll get a more solid product. Right? And that's something I will say Marvel Studios had done an amazing job with mm-hmm. in terms of introducing us to characters that the audience does want to spend time with. Yeah. And there are some glaring exemptions of that in Phase 4. The Eternals. The no, characters in Moon Knight. <laughs> no. I don't want to hang out with any of the Eternals except for Barry Keegan and Angelina yeah. Jolie. I, I hate that Barry Keegan is kind of an Eternal because he could have been something else. And uh, I know like that uh, he could have been the bad guy in Hawkeye season two, and I probably would have liked that a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was Tazi in season one of Hawkeye. That would have been uh, Barry Keegan with a Russian accent. Yeah. You kidding me? That would have been great. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> Also, I'm proud of us for both pronouncing his name right. Uh, something we hadn't done previously on this show. <laughs> oh, Keegan? Keegan, yes. yes. We knew that the whole time. We didn't ever say Coagan. <laughs> uh, we were trying yeah. to read I, that I, word. I think we just called him Barry, probably. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just called him Drew. That was easier. Oh, my God. I read um, Axe, the Avengers vs. X-Men vs. Eternals this week. I think I messaged you about it. You did. You did. I Is uh, Gillen writing this too? Or is... G- Gillen is writing it. Isak Rabin is not doing art. And the basic ah, premise... Uh, dude, the basic premise of the story is like Druig is the big bad and he's the one who's like instigating all of this. And mm-hmm. he, as an Eternal, wants to wipe out the X-Men because he feels like the mutant gene is actually just like an accelerated deviant gene. It was like something that was just like stuck inside of humans for long enough. But it's like the same thing, like mm-hmm. X-Men deviants. There's no difference between the two. So it's like his plan of like wiping out the X-Men and he essentially creates like a monster called like Uranus. Um, it's like doomsday. He's just like a big Rocky, yeah, yeah, like the picture of him. And yeah, yeah, he does. He's, he's yeah. just doomsday. He's like apocalypse, well, apocalypse dark side, dark side. doomsday, yeah, yeah. Eddie, big muscly kind of character with he like, like the chin piece too, right? Yeah, he does. And um, there's no like central mystery to it. It's just like, and there's a lot of like graphs and you had to have like <laughs> had a huge understanding of like where the Eternals like have been. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You had to yeah, have yeah. like read the I, whole uh, Dylan run to get any of this i was going to say i like what i've read in gillen's run it, but and uh, a lot of that is it's not really tight also but much more compelling than the movie but still extremely not, it's not something i would pick to read over other stuff probably. Uh, yeah and there's like a bummer with eternals because like the first like two or three issues of like every big Eternals run is always kind of okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like I really like the, the setup for the game and run, like particularly, um, they have like, amnesia in that one, right? Yeah. I love that. I fucking hate it. Amnesia I love it. is I love one of my most 
hated tropes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can't wait till we have show. nine weeks off in a row to watch every fast movie. <laughs> So he'll learn all about agony. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because it's like what we would think of as like a jokey bit. Like, how can we get this character to get from point A to point B? And we think of like the dumbest way to do it. They just deliver it so sincerely. And it's it sounds good. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, but regardless, like, yeah, the amnesia trope in the game and run is is kind of silly. But I like the first three or four issues. And I like the whole setup of, like, what the Eternals are, even though it's, like, weird ancient alien stuff in the Kirby run. And same thing with the, the Gillen run. I, I mm-hmm. read the first two issues. I thought this was fine. But by the time I'm buying, like, issue six or seven, I'm like... What is holding my attention here, guys? Like, what you're grasping at straws for me to care about characters just that are pieces of wood, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is a bummer. Um, but regardless, with the MCU, um, the whole first three phases, every single new main character that we were introduced to was a character that was probably somebody out there's favorite character. And I, you know, arguably could see why, you know, like all of the guardians. I'm like, I want to spend more time with them. All mm-hmm. of the first Avengers lineup. I want to spend more time with them. Vision, Wanda, Hawkeye, Black there's, Panther. There's no wrong pick, really. There's no Unless wrong. The Red pick. Skull, but then maybe that. <laughs> yeah. Or Malekith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no. Red Skull, you can like, but yeah. Yeah. Dr. Eric. Dr. Eric Sigolvig. Like, you know what I mean? We yeah, all yeah. had our favorites. Very charming support characters. Who showed his little butt in uh, the dark world. But, um, now with this phase, I mean, I really like the introduction of Shang-Chi and I want to spend more time with him and, and Katie. Mm-hmm. Um, but like America Chavez kind of was nothing, even though I kind of liked her. I um, Moon Knight. Like, I did you America Chavez? I wanted to like her more and I hope they don't make her wizard. That's all. Yeah. Like, do you uh, want to spend more time with Mark Spector and Stephen Grant? Really? Not unless there's a dramatic uh, increase in quality. Like, yeah. about, uh, Do you feel the same up? way about Stephen Grant as you did about Sam Wilson the first time you saw Sam Wilson? You know what I mean? No. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, Layla, no. I heard you say Layla. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Layla, I would absolutely watch in the show. They could kill. It makes it Moon Knight. All right. Yeah. She doesn't need to be since we can't call the costume, no. Yeah. Uh yeah, then and that's something that I think this show did kind of capture that MCU lightning in a bottle character shit with I like Bruno. I like the parents. I even like Zoe this episode. You know, I like Nakia. I like Kamala. I like all of these characters. Um again, in like the circumstance of like a better, well thought out, like product at the end of the day. And I hate that we're fucking calling a product. I hate that we're calling it <laughs> fucking content, but like this shit starting to feel like product and content to me where before I would like, it's I would ar- been that way, but I, they released hiding it better. Like it, it didn't feel that way. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I would, I would argue against that shit. Like you and I met in like, horror movie forums and then eventually like actual movie forums we talk 
film, whether highbrow or lowbrow, with the fucking best of them. We are men of sophisticated taste and very lowbrow, trashy taste. And we would both make arguments against the people who say, like, the MCU is in cinema and superheroes in cinema. And well, there's going to be a no superhero. There's no artistry. Yeah, yeah, that's absurd. Uh, yeah, like, it's just popcorn fest. But now, like... I'm turning into one of those people. I don't know if it's a podcast and I'm screaming about it, but I'm like, because <laughs> I, I always had a problem with Netflix and I've, I've been vocal about it on the podcast. I've been vocal about it to you. I'm vocal about it in like every group I'm in where I talk about how like just dropping everything all at once turns something that we could consider like um, something of like artistic merit into just like content and then the next thing comes out the next week and the next thing comes out the next week and i'm kind of like losing the cinematic experience mm -hmm. and the discussion isn't lingering and while these things are released in like um like a serialized order uh where where it's not just kind of like in one year and out the other you know like we joked about how like we watched something but it was last week we don't even fucking remember it yeah, anymore it before good, but yeah, um, yeah. My is shit. <laughs> yeah i was like how's the boys finale you're like i have no idea i watched that two weeks ago i was like yeah that's how fucking <laughs> shit works uh, but like i am starting to I, I don't know if it's fatigue or if it's just Again, it's like turning something that like I used to actively defend for some sort of merit outside of just popcorn entertainment value, mm -hmm. artistically at least, into sometimes I just feel like it's just like they're just releasing it to like make a buck and it's just content for the sake of content, despite like the creators and everyone in front of the camera and behind the camera working really hard, you know? It's, yeah. Yeah. It's I, a yeah. bummer, Travis. It's oh, a I bummer. I, I know at least some of the people care. I know that the girl playing uh, Kamala Khan cares because she wanted it, wants to correct Kevin Feige on the universe designation. And nobody cares about that, but people that, that care about <laughs> that. <laughs> and I am one yeah, of those yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're very upset over Kamala the 616 right, designation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get our Kamala is right shirts. Yeah, yeah. Get that but, um, shot of her ripping up my thing with Kevin Feige. <laughs> that would be funny, yeah. Like, But it's um, it's it's beginning to, and, and I hope again, like our next project that we're gonna get uh, with She Hulk. I hope we're going to get introduced to a character that I really like, and it's going to be something along the lines of Hawkeye, where it's a small stakes thing that the mm -hmm. writers put a lot into, and it's an interesting take on something outside of the superhero genre. I thought this was interesting. We have such a loose format with them, too, where mm -hmm. it, it could be sitcom-ish, I guess, where a different goofy-ass villain every week or just anything. Yeah. yeah. And their next cinematic outing is a Black Panther sequel directed by Ryan Coogler, which could be fucking great. You know what I mean? Like that could be another like global literal phenomenon, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I just, I hope it delivers. Like, again, I liked watching Thor Love and Thunder. I had a lot of fun in the theater while I was watching Thor Love and Thunder, but that's a really disposable fucking movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Same I, thing I with Doctor do. Strange. Huh? And same thing kind of with Spider-Man Far From Home. You know what I mean? 
No Way Home. But yes, yes. Whatever. Yeah. One of those. All those fucking the movies. With, the one that was uh, living out in the shelter. The bit. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the movie. I still like the movie, but Me I don't too. think it's a great movie. Other than that, it's impressive that they managed to pull it off. Uh, but yeah. In spectacular fashion. Hmm? Um, at the end of the day, with episode five. We didn't really get the payoff that we thought we would end up getting, you know, like the, 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 the fifth episode, the, not even the fifth episode, like the, what do they call that? The, what do they call the episode? The penultimate. The penultimate I love that word. The yeah. penultimate episode of all these MCU series have always been like the character going back into their past, either some way, shape or form having to confront it so they could like learn more about who they are so they could have this final showdown in the last episode. Like that's like what WandaVision did. That's what Falcon and the Winter Soldier did. Um, that's what Loki did. Um, yeah, we, and we Overlooked the Loki. That has been another good spot, I think. But getting uh, on it, I mean, I rally you there. Huh? No, no, it's fine. And like Loki, again, that was a show where if you took a little bit more time with stuff like the fighting specifically, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you could have turned that show from like being a show that we both really enjoyed and we thought was pretty cool to something legitimately like fucking dope where I could mm-hmm. show it to anybody no matter how snobby they were be like, no, this is fucking cool. Right. It's like Dr. Who with superheroes, you know, mm-hmm. and it's got good choreographed action as opposed to like <laughs> the episode dropping dead in its tracks. The moment, like a space Muppet appears to have like this lackluster Xena, the warrior princess fight sequence on like a Xena's with- fight scenes were never that poor. Oh, yeah. I will give Xena that I will hundred yeah. percent give Xena that my memory may be wrong on that, but I, <laughs> Well, I, was, I don't I think most of all of us would do that. And, uh. <laughs> I, I was rewatching all the made-for-TV Hercules, the legendary series uh, movies before uh, Multiverse of Madness came out when I was kind of on, like, my Raimi bender. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of dig the fighting, at least the tone of it. Like, they were going for it, like, intentionally, where I don't think Loki was going for that. No. You know, it's supposed to feel epic in Loki. And it was not. It was just a bunch of people with like plastic spears and Google Mabatura. Yeah, yeah. And lots and lots of cuts. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's a bummer. And this episode, again, we didn't get much um new information from those flashback sequences. It was nice to see the um Pakistani partition portrayed in Western media. I will give it that. Mm-hmm. It ended exactly where we thought it was gonna be, where it was Kamala actually saving her grandmother and not um her great grandmother actually. The villain plot with the gins and the clandestines was wrapped up and they were all dead except for Cameron. Mm-hmm. The big revelations of this episode, well one, and this was the part that really bothered me, um was the mom making fun of Bruce Springsteen at one point in time in this episode? <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to get hot about that. Uh, I was heated. You already I... are unhappy with Bon Jovi getting the, the title of the Jersey rock star. And, and I was like, they're not even acknowledging Bruce Springsteen. And, and now they acknowledge him, but it's just shit on him. And, and it was just the shit on him. Like, yeah. they literally start, they, they say, that guy Bruce Springfield... 
And she's like, ew, mom. First, it's Springsteen and gross. And second off, it was Bon Jovi. And I took my my golf clubs out and I smashed my TV in dramatic <laughs> fashion. <laughs> I beat my TV down with a baseball bat and listened to Born to Run in my room and cried. Yeah, um, yeah last episode, last thing I want to say about it is that I wish at this point that they would have saved the Karachi storyline for a second season. And save all the time deaths and stuff for there, and then develop damage control season wide. Let them be an evil government organization instead of just kind of wishy washy with it. Uh, yeah, I did like how it ended with Kamala, the grandmother, and the mother all kind of reconciling their differences with one another because I think that. Yeah dynamic of them having to all individually deal with their past and having run from place to place to get away from their roots while still maintaining their roots is something very interesting, especially from a female perspective. And I thought they did all of that really nicely and it culminating with Kamala coming out as a superhero to her mother and her grandmother, Mm -hmm. which I really did dig. And then the other big thing that we got from the episode is that the clandestines were not the villains and fucking what's his name? The Cameron was running away from this prison. And the first place he goes to is Bruno and then damage control blows up fucking Bruno's house and <laughs> you find out damage control are the new mustache twirly villains of the week, basically. Right. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, and this, uh, this main damage control agent, agent Devers, like racial stuff, but then like, has me out. <laughs> dude, that's what I want to kind of get to. So like, <laughs> let's talk about the finale. That's all I want to talk about in, in episode five, the, <laughs> Finale, No Normal, episode six, starts off with the damage control agent after she's blown up the Circle Q and Bruno's apartment. And she's telling her agents, like, we need non-lethal rounds, but we have to find these, like, children, basically. Oh, yeah, she says the wrong people with powers, and <laughs> which is like as close to like tippy toeing around a political kind of social theme mm-hmm. that we are going to get in this show. They do it a few times with this character and then they always kind of like walk it back to it. I don't know if it's supposed to be like referring to dog whistles or not, but because they mapped up in this particular way, it made me think of uh, the outlawed storyline in the comics where it's. Uh, Kamala gets injured, uh, a lawyer called Kamala's off, gets enacted, and uh, teenage superheroes are pretty much outlawed. And an organization called Cradle was rounding them all up and torturing them. Well, that's how Civil War in the comics like first started, and like the escalating incident mm-hmm. where the new warriors were like an MTV reality show, like real world. Yes, yes. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Nitro and runs speedball. speedball, rather. Yeah. Nitro right. and Speedball and all that. But they they go to save some college while they're filming their reality show, and one of them blows up, and mm-hmm. they're like, you know, teenage superheroes are going unregulated, and this has to stop. You know what I mean? But yes, yes. the context of this agent saying the wrong people with power standing outside of a fucking mosque is post 9-11 Islam phobia. Mm-hmm that's what they're going for. And I think it's executed delicately enough here. And the sequences of the damage control agents within the mosque and the mosque, like 
everyone has their fucking IDs out and they're like, this isn't the first time like the government just comes barging into yes. a mosque, like trying to interrogate all of us. We are used to this lady. Everyone blames us for this national tragedy because you're all fucking racist assholes. Um, was, do, you think, was, uh, do you think uh, they have kind of set back a little bit with this just to avoid uh, getting labeled as too woke or too social justice or any of that? I could see he already has a brown character as the lead, and there are Muslims, and it, it's already going to be harder enough for some people to take. And I could see, I, I think it made the wife Kamala didn't get her Karachi costume where her face is covered. Also, but like, don't bend over to cater to those I kinds know. of people. Go full tilt with it. Superheroes are the literal embodiment of social justice yes, warriors. I, I will argue, though, that since this is aimed at a younger audience, that people raised by morons may still be able to be converted uh, to more sound thinking. And to the nation of Islam, a, I understand. Uh, <laughs> this is converted to the nation of Islam, I understand. Yes, yes. 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 Uh, convert and they can... You have to have a dialogue to change people's mind. I hope at least um, for the younger audience who is watching this, um, parents should not treat their children like complete idiots. Rather, you know, because they're not stupid. They just are children. They haven't learned these things yet. And this could at least like ignite a conversation in a couple households across the world with, um, hey, kids, I do want to talk to you about this thing called 9-11 and this kind of phobia that kind of you know this this terrible stigma against an entire group of people who this stigma should not be um put upon uh and i hope it did ignite those kinds of conversations and if that's what they were going for i hope it it did work and you know it's it's so blatant and it's so obvious i think and like the best way possible that um these kinds of stories especially superhero stories like they're like blatantly obvious parallels to things, you know what of I mean? Course. That just spark those kinds of conversations and to tell those kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. Did you like Cameron's powers? No, I don't know why his powers look worse than Kamala's. They're like a similar sort of thing. I don't know if it's just the color makes it look worse, but uh, I also had a question I wanted to ask you about the timeline. Oh, sure. I really was trying to avoid the uh, how time travel works in the MCU conversation. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not time travel related. It's a, Thank God. when does this take place? The Statue of Liberty is shown dead center, establishing shot, no way home. They're renovating it. And it's... Okay. It's re-oxidized now. And- so... Whether or not it was re-oxidized or not, I'm not sure. So it's very green in yes, this... Yes. Right, it's original it color. Show, it doesn't have debris, so yes. Oh, I didn't see any debris, rather. This was set in 2025. I think No Way Home was set in 2026. Oh, am I correct? Um, they did say that in like the pre-marketing for the show that it actually will be taking place prior to No Way Home, and. I think that they just cleaned the Statue of Liberty prior to No Way Home during its renovations, and that's the reasons why yes. it was yeah, bronze, yeah. Yeah, that was the original yeah, this color. This takes place before, then makes total sense. I don't, no complaints. I know it's like a nitpicky thing, and I guess similar to the Avengers Tower not being in the, the skyline. I don't care about the Avengers Tower being in the skyline, because 
It's a building. Buildings don't look alike to me. <laughs> I, far away, I, at least. I was uh, very particular about the geography of New York City during our Hawkeye miniseries. Yes. Yes. Uh, I was very, very particular about it during our Hawkeye miniseries. Well, I guess they all are. <laughs> yeah. I, I do like the representation of Jersey City on the show quite a bit, too. Um, Jersey City does have its own subway stations. It does have its own subway system. The uh Jersey Transit does exist. The PATH train does exist. It is separate from the New York City MTA. Uh, there is that quick sequence where, like, Cameron and Bruno are being chased through the subway. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll watch a a movie and I'll, it'll take place in a city that I didn't even know, like, had a subway system. I'm talking about every Michael Mann movie. This is the point in the podcast where I start bringing up Michael Mann again. Um the opening shot of heat is fucking well actually the opening shot of heat is uh it looks like two middle-aged lesbians making out two middle-aged greek lesbians making out but it's like actually just Pacino and some woman um but there is a sequence where like uh De Niro like comes out of a subway and I remember like going to Los Angeles because I've seen like collateral and heat I was like so where's the subways here and people like who I'm friends with who live in Los Angeles are like I didn't even know we had subways I'm like there have to be I've seen I've seen collateral I know there's a subway Michael Mann would not lie um but but again like Jersey City does have its own um public transit system Mm -hmm. years ago this is a crazy story and i'm gonna i'm sorry i'm not gonna say my cousin's name on the air but (laughs) um this video surfaced online in the early days of youtube of this uh drunk woman on a subway platform in boston Mm -hmm. who fell into the subway and a train went over them and they were so drunk and limp that the train passed them by like they got by between the tracks yeah yeah and that was my cousin on the T train. Oh wow! I know. That's kind of amazing to survive. Yeah. It was I pretty have, gangster. Yeah, yeah. I have the RSVP to your baby shower, by the way. I promise I will. Um, <laughs> but I have the card right here. I look at it every day. Say there's a little post-it on it that says uh, RSVP, along with the uh, the post-it to watch that science fiction movie that I keep telling you I'm going to watch. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I promise day, I'll, uh, any day, any day now I'll get around to it. Prospect, yes. yes, 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 yes. Here's Pascal, my prospect. Check it out. There it is. There it yeah. is. It says prospect on it. Um, but yeah, my 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 cousin. Uh, they, you know, I didn't even realize Boston had a subway system until I saw that video. And uh, yeah, that was fucking concerning. Couple weeks there. Um, mm-hmm. I was a little freaked out at the end of the episode when they said that Kamala was a mutant because that probably implicates that uh cameron is a mutant as well and i really hope all mutants don't have like pixelated crystal powers like this that would be very bad (laughs) if cyclops is shooting out pixelated yeah yeah no that that won't do it all no or uh, if uh, Emma Frost just looked like this, like weird pixelated uh, yeah, triangle. Yeah, you do know. I know. Uh, I just upset you. I know. I just yeah, upset yeah, you. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm already upset enough because they took Arbor's powers to give to Kamala, which kind of makes sense. But it's still, it's still exactly what they did, and I think they had mentioned it. That's what they did. There's just <laughs> like one Japanese mutant, no, or X Men. Sunspot. Uh. Some you're, you're thinking of uh, 
Ah, Sunfire. Sunfire. Yeah, Sunspot is Brazilian. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. There's so many fire mutants. Oh, 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 oh. Um, What's your name? Did you see the new hellfire gala they announced the new marvel the new x-men team (laughs) what's that yeah yeah firestar is going to be on the new team that's exciting news i it's weird i've never read anything with firestar in it (laughs) i don't know how i missed her um yeah she was a member of spider-man and his amazing friends uh the the old um that's like really low debuted, right? Is on that cartoon, I thought, and then they it might have been, her. yeah, yeah, because they like couldn't use Johnny Storm for some reason, so they used her or they uh, created yeah. her rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like her, Iceman, someone else, and Spider Man. But I, I always remember her from that cartoon, and when I saw that she was coming up, I really like uh, her new uniform. I, do I think it's weird that Scott and Jean are on the team still. Yeah, but magic looks great. <laughs> <laughs> magic always looks great, you know. It's, uh, yeah. Do you think we'll get Anna Taylor Joy back as magic in the MCU? <laughs> Probably not, but I mean, yeah, definitely not. Uh, it's a bummer. <laughs> it is a bummer. She's uh, a beautiful, beautiful fish lady, and I love her very much. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of uh, Kamala Khan like coming out to her entire family as At a? Once. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Uh, <sighs> I said before that secret identities weren't as big a deal to me as they used to be, but I do kind of, I don't want everybody to fucking know who she is, but yeah. uh, And doing it all at once, it kind of takes away the ability to have heart to heart moments with each individual character down the line, but it's whatever. Uh, It's fine. I like her brother a lot in this episode and how she um, he busts her balls a bit about dropping the kid <laughs> yeah i i just like her brother as a character because he's he comes off as such a stiff because he's so religious mm-hmm. but it also shows that these like devout religious muslims can also be like normal fun people and mm-hmm. not just like total stiffs stuck in their ways you know what i mean um also, there's a line from his wife. I almost called the fiance, but they got married in the episode previously. They did. There was dancing. Uh, I, I yeah. Remember. Yes. And uh, she's like, so do you have to like charge your powers up? Which I thought was a jab at the Green Lantern. <laughs> it probably was. It probably was. Uh, I did think it was a little inconsistent. Uh, again, with her parents not being very overprotective again. Uh, but it's in line with when they were last inconsistent. So I guess. And also, the mother shows, you know, she, Kamala gets a call from Nakia saying, like, the Circle Q got blown up and Bruno's on the run with Cameron, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, Kamala is like, I got to go. I got to suit up. The family Mm -hmm. wants her to be careful. But the mother is the one who sewed and gifted her the suit. Um, We haven't spoken about this yet. Kamala Khan gets her Miss Marvel costume in this episode. Dude, and it looks awesome on her. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, Great design. Very cinematic. uh, The mom sewed it or did she just get it in Pakistan? Oh, you think that she bought that off a shelf in Pakistan? Well, I guess I'd need to know, did she make the Hulk one too? Or is it 
She did, yeah. They said okay, that she so stole that. There's a difference in quality here, sir. No. <laughs> well, she had like a day to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she had two days to do this one. Um, I love the suit. I mm-hmm. love the way the logo kind of flaps almost. Like it, just the stitching on it looks great. It doesn't look suit like it doesn't look uh, like armored or anything in no, any way. No. Um, and it's also colorful. It's leathery, but it's not like tight leathery. Mm-hmm. It's it's cool. And seeing her like running through Jersey City on her little fucking light pads was, that was a, fun. Dude, uh, awesome. And stopping at stoplights, even though Great. she's in there. Yeah, yeah. Great. I love this sequence. I like the music in the sequence. Um, and it's kind of like Kamala Khan's Spider-Man vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. There's a scene later on that made me think of that a lot. It it's very friendly neighborhood Kamala. Uh yeah. And it there <laughs> there's nothing I love more than movies that take place in New York where the New Yorkers all stand together and say, like, well, that's what we do because we're from New York. You know what I mean? Like um the train scene in uh Spider-Man 2. Oh my god, that yeah, is yeah, yeah, the yeah. fucking best, dude. Where they're like, because that's what New Yorkers do. Um, that's what Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was missing. Was that like, you know, that's what New Yorkers do, kind of stuff, a little bit. I mean, like fine in my cut. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. Uh, You'll get your Arkansas. Uh, your Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. It's never happening. Yeah, it's never happening. No, we were <laughs> we were on an episode of Heroes. My my hometown was, and it was yeah. Not an accurate depiction, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Someday I'll create the uh, definitive Long Island superhero. Yeah, the I, piano man. He'll I be a Billy Joel. I may upset player. you later. I may upset you later. With, uh, About the New York stuff? Yeah, just one element of it. Not all of it's bad, but there's one part of it. A well, they're from Jersey, police. so I'll forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> a little pro police is all like, oh. Well, yeah, it, it, it does get kind of pro-policey, but it's still anti-authoritarian because, like, there's always a bigger fish, right? If well, we learned well, anything, that, that was my God issue: God. is that when have the the police ever stood with the people against a in even greater uh, government organization that was infringing on their rights? Yeah, especially like a large to, group of minorities. Some, yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nonsense. I just want to go and air the grievance out there. We'll get to it. Um, so Cameron and Bruno are hiding out in the mosque. We kind of went over the, um, damage control going in there and them all flipping up their cards. I really like Sheikh Abdullah. Um, the, the the, quote, uh, oh my God. Yeah. And just like, I don't have your time for your quotes from the Quran. He's like, that was Abraham Lincoln lady. Like you racist piece of shit, basically. You know what I mean? We get our uh, Miguel cameo, uh, second time we've seen him in this series. And I Your favorite character? Uh, obviously, obviously. I actually don't think the kid does bad. I just don't know why he's in so little of the show. <laughs> and it's kind of like the, um, the Cersei thing in the Eternals where they like, you know, she's obsessed with her phone because we see her with her phone. Miguel always has headphones on. I noted it in mm-hmm. the first episode. It was like the guy with the headphones. I had no idea who Miguel was. I just knew the guy with the headphones and he still got his headphones in this, uh, in this episode. But I think Nikia's pretty. So good for Miguel for dating. Nikia. Oh, I don't think they're actually dating. Oh, you think that was just a clever ruse? <laughs> yes. Yes. She duped those dummies. Oh yes. No, they maybe we- now. 
We, you know, what a huge plot point that this show has left out though is the shoe thief. I did we ever find you know out? Who the fuck- There's zero resolution to that. Maybe it was Miguel, and he was stealing them to smell them, and Ugh. he's not completely grossed out by that. And and she had like Balenciaga sneakers or something. I made note of the specific sneakers that she was wearing in whatever episode it was. And then when they got stolen, I was like, I know exactly what sneakers those are because like that's like the relevant f- later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they were. Yeah, yeah. I am a shoe guy. I am a shoe guy. Uh, they were Versace's. Um, not to be Kira, the foot guy. So. <laughs> no, I am not a foot guy. I I kind of think like. Like, like so much because they cover up those fucking nasty feet. 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, like, the further south you go on the human body in terms of fetish, the, the less and less I can trust you, kind of. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I, uh, fellow uh, podcast uh, host Kira was making fun of me early on in the week because she posted some meme about how ugly these Yeezys were. And I, like, posted a picture of me, like, wearing these <laughs> shoes that she was making fun of. <laughs> and all the comments were just like hating on them and like how can you spend all this money and then there's just like a picture of me in like a beige tracksuit like giving a thumbs up like wearing them with like a cigarette in my mouth like I I was like actually they're kind of comfortable and I get a lot of compliments on them so like what the fuck um yeah we never got a resolution to the uh the foot um I almost call him the foot fetishist, but uh, the foot, <laughs> the, the the shoe thief. But I am assuming that it's Miguel, and that's what he's doing in the closet. He's he's yeah, sniffing. I'm sure that's like a, a cut plot line. COVID, <laughs> stuff, right? COVID, yes, COVID. That's the reason. Yeah. That's the resolution. Um, the Sheikh Abdullah disguises uh, Cameron and Bruno. I like that sequence with by hats. giving him with, with hats. With Islamic terminology, because that's. They won't be looking for anyone with that, right? Our favorite way of disguising uh, movie stars from being movie stars, giving them hats. We've yes. often pointed out. They didn't the, give uh, them hoodies. It was just hats. <laughs> the uh, the uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, where it's like Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson, two of the most beautiful people yeah. in the fucking world. Even like going on. Under- you can tell that they're just beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just like, oh, look at these the humans. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like I, you're still wearing jeans and you look amazing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's just like a funny little trope. Um, and then Kamala arrives basically, well, right? I didn't know what to do with the, the Sheikh Abdullah's, uh, Someone treating you as an enemy doesn't give you the right to treat them as yours. Uh, I guess it depends on how you treat your enemies, if you're trying to annihilate them. <laughs> but I think that is from the Quran, by the it, way. It probably is. It probably is. Not a bad quote, but yeah, I just uh, not 100% on board. <laughs> But I like that he's the one giving the with great power lines quite mm-hmm. a bit in this. Like he had the good with great power yeah, line yeah. from the second or third episode, whatever that was. I like um, this actor quite a bit. Yeah, I'm curious to know if it came from the comic. It's been a, a little bit since I've reread through the whole initial run, but there's a few bits in this I had forgotten and then had, was reminded of the R. Yeah, like how ugly Cameron's powers look. I remember. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. definitely in there. Definitely in there. <laughs> uh, uh, but yes, Kamala comes down in Spider-Man fashion almost. 
Yeah, this alleyway they, just to help people. It's out. cool. Yeah, and instead of uh, hiding out in the mosque, there is a good line too, where they're like, "We can't hide out in the mosque," and they're like, "Why?" And it's like because yeah, it's yeah. like post nine eleven New York City. We're being fucking, they, we're being already at this yeah, moment. yeah at this moment just because we are a different skin color, mm-hmm. we are being watched. So they decide to go to the high school because that's the only place that there'd be no one there on a Saturday. And essentially we get this like home alone, John Rambo. This is where I mentioned that we'll be talking about Rambo later. Wouldn't like to guess how I feel about home alone. How do you guess about, how do you feel about home alone Travis? I have no idea how you feel about that film. Okay. How do you think I feel about movies that emulate home alone though? Very good. No, no, I really, it's okay. Like this part, this whole, uh, hijinks was not for me it wasn't brutal enough home alone was more brutal those robbers get fucked up these people get nothing at all home alone had joe pesci yes <laughs> yes, yes and uh daniel stern i think was either yes, yes. cabin yeah. boys no though no, that was chris uh, elliott i'm yeah, so sorry yeah, yeah. i'm so sorry to all the cabin boy heads out there all my cabin boys stay tuned uh, for our spin-off podcast show that chris elliott had in the 90s uh, i remember watching that one a lot as a kid with my mom i did too and i was like in on chris elliott show yeah yeah yeah, I was in on that guy when I was a kid. I was in on Daniel Stern because I was a City Slickers fan. Did He's you see? in Chud also. Uh, or, yeah. <laughs> he is in Chud. Uh, he is in Chud. He was not in. He was not in Bud the Chud though, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I've just seen the second one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm, it's not very good, but it's got one of the chud to bud the chud is one of the greatest names of any film ever yeah made. i'll give you that i'll give you that uh yeah when you were saying city slickers oh city slickers is fucking great um it's got jack palance in it mm-hmm. uh who won an academy award as best supporting actor which is crazy um for his role in city slickers but those are like genuinely fun and i know actually i don't know how do you feel about like pulpy genre romps a la like romancing the stone where they like are like these modern day comedies with modern day movie stars but they're like making fun of like romancing the stone is like what if we put people in an indiana jones doc savage style adventure but it's set in the present day you know what i mean yeah yeah. Uh, i saw a lot of them as a kid they didn't really resonate with me then however i uh, City Searchers and Romance in the Stone are both movies I've been meaning to revisit. So just to see if I would like them now. Yeah. They, I used to really like both City Slickers and I was all in on City Slickers 2, The Revenge of Curly's Gold or whatever it was called yeah, at yeah, the yeah. time of its release. I was probably around the same time as Cabin Boy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about Zoe just kind of popping up and being there? Oh, yeah. Second? That was my issue with... I get that they wanted the big everyone together and going to defend Kamala because she defended us and all of that. However, that was weird how everyone just shows up and, like, there are a lot of adults following Zoe's TikToks and in her yes. area, and it's a bit fucking strange. Absolutely. I always age check the... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, granted, Jersey's a big place, I assume, and yeah, yeah, it's not like, if it was in my local community, a bunch of fucking 
grown-ups calling yeah. <laughs> a single child TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of funny because it's like, and I'm here too. And so am I. Like they're all kind of like yeah, just yeah. there. Like the brother shows up. Zoe literally just like slides in. Like she's wearing socks. She's like, I've been like, here this whole time. They, yeah. they let me hang out here unattended. Yeah. Uh, I like plotting out hijinks quite a bit. Um, Home Alone was the example that I gave because these are all kids and they're doing mm-hmm. it like you know yeah, they yeah like that's absolutely the vibe I got from put the marbles down you know mm-hmm. what I mean but um, I'm a fan of the borderline fascist film series that is the Rambo first blood <laughs> movies uh, I get it I know they're like kind of offensive and crazy but I love the last act of Rambo, how it always starts with like, he loses somebody. He says, I have to do this by myself. And then he goes and like hides away somewhere and like just sets up his like booby traps basically. Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't understand the booby traps in this one. Like Rambo makes it very clear. Like, Oh, I'm opening up this crossbow. So when someone opens a door, it will take their heart out. And this was like, We'll put on disco music and shoot fire extinguishers and like. Oh yeah, the the goal was just to delay them. That's all. Then I uh, I do want to mention the chalkboard scene, which I only noted because I kind of forgotten. Uh, they were doing those little artistic flourishes in the earlier episodes. They were fun, they weren't they? <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. they kind of stopped completely. But there's yes. there's other stuff to do there. I guess. Uh, but also. Putting a fake bomb in a high school is a bad idea. <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible idea. Yeah, yeah. If they just think it is one, you're still going to go to jail for that. Also, hitting government <laughs> officials with softballs, you're going to jail. That's that's a felony. Huh? I liked the goo trap. However, they did that. Oh, the ones where they they murdered the guys with, with the goo and they, with the goo. They, yes, they overwhelmed them. Yes, yes. yes. And, and like you saw they like hit a trip wire and like there was a skeleton like holding up a knife. And I was like, are they going to stab these guys? With the, is this skeleton going to like fly with like these knives? And then it's like, no, the skeleton was just there to no, look cool and cut it. it, it it's not the, the collector. Mom. I don't know if you've seen that one or not, but it, it's you know, a Home Alone-esque movie that I do like. Uh, how do the seek? Aren't there two sequels? There's like the collection. There's just one sequel. There's a a third one they've been working on forever and probably never going to come out, but whatever. (laughs) When is the Terrifier sequel coming out? I am this year, right? That's a gnarly fucking movie, man. Just talking about like horror movies that just like, (laughs) you know, I've been talking about forever. I feel like I've been talking about that like Art the Clown sequel, like for like the longest, longest time. I mean, it could be the profane exhibit, which is finally on its way out. I don't know if that was on your radar or not, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, probably going to be a completely different film because they lost the rights to some of the short films that were originally in it. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still the profane exhibit, so get hyped. <laughs> yeah, get hyped. <laughs> on Earth Films putting it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Bloody Disgusting Films acquired the rights to... Uh the the art the clown character so it's being distributed by oh. bloody disgusting themselves you know okay so i um i don't know i don't know i don't uh, know what that means i don't know what that means i was just thinking of when fear was using uh sam from Creek as their mascot 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. Fun little seasonal commercials they put out. Mm -hmm. Is Trick or Treat worth revisiting? Isn't that like it is? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Is it Brian Singer who did that movie? No, no. I think I did Krampus. I cannot think of his name, but yeah. Uh, Krampus is a fun movie. Hmm? Krampus is a fun movie. Yeah, yeah. I I saw that in theaters actually. I uh, I also yeah. have a replica movie prop that someone gave me. Uh, really? A friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. Michael Doherty awesome. uh, is who directed. I um don't understand how softballs would stop people with body armor, right? Maybe not. Yeah, they would not. They would not. I played catcher on like a hardball league and like we get smacked with baseballs by like <laughs> men throwing 90 mile an hour fastballs at me in the face. And I doubt my catcher uniform was as strong as the uh, military grade body armor that these people were letting out. I will say I didn't like Bruno saying like, check it out while I bust a move or whatever. Oh corny yeah. Shit he and then was saying. he just gets pummeled by him. Yeah. yeah. Bro, h- him getting whacked in the fucking face was like, this guy has been getting hit throughout this series. Bruno mm-hmm. has been taking like the brunt of the fucking, the beatings in this. Is, I mean, they kind of have three potential love interests for Kamala, but I kind of think the one in garage is the best one because he looks the coolest and <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's just the better. He's who I'm rooting and he for. He's superhero stuff. It's- yeah. And like Kamala and Cameron, like talking about the love interest, they like almost smooch here, right? Yeah. I'm kind of hoping that doesn't go forward. I, we've Cameron talked a lot about, sucked, bro. Yeah. He, yeah. The character and kind of, uh, the actor isn't as good as the rest of the actors. I don't want to, shit on him too much but he's worse than the other actors he's my least favorite actor on this show yeah yeah even like the actress playing zoe that's there's not much to that character but she does what she's supposed to well enough and she reaches out to her tiktok following to come come to the high school and hold hands and and uh, then her pedo army shows up in a full Yeah, yeah, all these guys in like sweatpants with like holes She's cut in their pockets. Them her socks for years, and now they come to repay her. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, and like in the middle of all of this, like as it's escalating, Cameron finds out that his mom is dead, and then starts uh, yeah. fighting Kamala, kind of right. Yeah, the bit where they have Kamala try to explain what happened with. With her mom, or with his mom, rather, was amusing to me because it made it very clear that they don't know what the fuck happened either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, They the explanation was so pissed for and it was just, yeah, your mom's gone. But we do, like, get some, like, superhero v. superhero action here for a second, even mm-hmm. though, like, Cameron's powers don't look cool. It was kind of like, oh, look, you know, magic goop flying at magic goop, <laughs> yes, you know? Yes, yes. Huh? And then we escalate to the outside fight sequence where they're outside of the school. Zoe, the brother, Nakia, and Bruno have all been, like, put into custody of damage mm-hmm. control. And they're watching from, like, the back of, like, a holding uh, van. The paddy wagon. <laughs> the paddy wagon, yeah. Yeah. And been there, done that. Irish people are very upset about that, are you? <laughs> and then... Um, 
you know, the fight breaks out to the streets. There's a lot of onlookers. We have like the the Euro King. Uh, we have Kamala's yeah. parents there to root her on. And it's kind of like both of them versus damage control plus Cameron just straight up being a bad guy for a couple minutes and then Kamala putting him down. Mm-hmm. Eh. Regardless, I think Kamala growing was pretty cool here. Yeah, she just says the line, the uh, invigin. Uh, yeah, her catchphrase, so you... her flame on, her it's father in time. Yeah, yeah. She does that. She looks cool, all stretched out. I do think her legs would be a little stretchier, but uh, yeah. <laughs> this is me be. being a complete nitpicky asshole. Uh, for the future, though, yeah, stretch those legs. Can't. <laughs> We should also probably mention that, like, at some point in this, Cameron has to get away. So Kamala calls her Red Dagger's friends and says, like, get to the dock. Like, that's where they're trying to go. Yeah. They're trying to, like, get to a dock. I don't know which dock. Well, there's just one. There's just, like, one little... Uh, New York Harbor. Yes, we all know. Well, yes. <laughs> just, just, there's one boat there. They'll be there waiting. Yeah. I assume it's not a big place, right? There's... Yeah, it's just the largest harbor in the world. But um, so they're trying to get Cameron to the dock um, and Kamala wins. You know, they they. Yeah, we do get to see her uh, do the smashy hands. And uh, I I don't know if it's here or not, but it's yeah, yeah. Uh... And then we get the it's cost where New Yorkers and New Yorkers band together sequence where everyone goes around the two of them mm-hmm. and the DOC or the department of damage control rather is trying to get at them. And they're like, you can't get past us. We're New Yorkers. And even the end, well, it's not the NYPD. It's uh, the JCPD. Mm-hmm. They stand in their lines and they won't let damage co- control through. They actually do let them through, but they, they make like they're going to defend the people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. they're known for lately is like <laughs> pretending to be like, yeah, yeah, and then just serving and protecting but yeah, yeah. you really just do what you want especially with schools you know they won't run into the school this, to help I, I wasn't going to bring it up but yes this final scene happening at a school and then uh yeah yeah it's very uh not ironic it's fucking a present really yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Kamala gets Cameron to the docks and they live to see another day. And in the following days, TikTok reacts to uh, Nightlight's heroic actions. And um, I like the sequence of Kamala, like, staring at herself in the mirror in her new costume with this confidence, like mm-hmm. the juxtaposition between the way she was staring at herself dressed up as Captain Marvel in, like, the first or second episode when she was on her way to Avengers Con. Yeah, yeah. And we get that very sweet sequence with her and her father on the roof where he asks her, like, what's your superhero name going to be or whatever? And she's like, I don't really know. And he explains the origins of her name and how it, like, loosely translates to Marvel and how very she was... Loosely, very loosely. Yeah, yeah, very loosely. Perfect, complete, or excellent. Or maybe Marvel, you would maybe say. Maybe Marvel you know? does now in that universe. Yes, and you, you're, you're our little Miss Marvel. <laughs> yeah, that's how she gets the name. It's, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I like that. And that dialogue was from the comics. Kind of, it's loosely paraphrased, but yeah. It's good. It's good. I'm going to say it's from one of the times when he found out 
that she was Miss Marvel, and she gives her a pep talk. Uh, and then something happens and from Secret Wars, and then he doesn't know anymore. Whatever they can do to, like, Mephesto away. Yeah, yeah, we need to get back to status quo. No, you can't stay married. Uh, yeah, we, we know it's only been five years, but, like, let's get back to the basics here. Yeah. That's what, that's what yeah. the kids like, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then um, we also get this really cool image of her, like, running through the jersey skyline and sitting eventually on the telephone pole which is straight out of the miss marvel uh number five i think was that cover um i love that imagery of her Mm -hmm. sitting on the lamppost kind of daydreaming about new york city while she's over being her friendly neighborhood jersey city superhero yeah it's very nice i'm glad they got that shot in uh one of my favorites in the series probably Mm-hmm. Granted, they just pulled it from the page. <laughs> but that's sometimes like all I'm looking for. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll get to it whenever we get to our final thoughts. But not, yeah, yeah, that is what I like. So, uh, How you feel about one week later time jumps? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Uh, yeah, one week later... Um, What's his name? Bruno's on his way to Caltech. We see that he's got Cameron's cool car. He's with yeah, Nikita. That's how cars work. Yeah, how like, <laughs> selling works, I don't think. You can't just take someone's car because they disappear. Well, from the Fast and the Furious, I've learned you can race for pink slips. <laughs> oh, pink slips. Yeah. Something about pink slips. I've never had a pink slip for a car, but... uh I don't Very drive, important. so I don't really yeah, fucking yeah. know. Um, yeah, and this is the sequence where he's like, hey, before I go to Caltech, I got to name drop the mutants on you. <laughs> um, and, and he essentially says, like, hey, I took a little bit, you know, deeper dive into your genetic structure. I took blood from your family because I'm a fucking weirdo. And you have something a little bit different. Yeah, you're a genie. Yeah, you got these magic bangles. But there also seems to be some sort of mutation in your your genes and we hear the little well you did i watched this twice on my television and i could barely hear it whenever i knew it was there whenever i I, yeah yeah whenever i listen to it on my laptop it's so loud (laughs) it's so loud yeah it's a weird synthesizer yeah yeah i don't know why my hearing just sucks i guess (laughs) yeah she tells him though it's just another label, and that yeah. was a kind of uh, kind of nice little line. Like, yeah, it's just another thing for the Marvel universe mm-hmm. to throw out at us, like later yeah. down the road. <laughs> you know, um, we spoke a lot about this at the top of the show. I don't really have much more to say about it, other than I think that Kamala Khan being a mutant makes a lot of sense in the context of the MCU. I don't know where they're going to go with it. I don't know how they're going to explain the origins of the mutations. I have my theories. I hope they're in space. And I think Kamala (laughs) will be the cool ride along character for our introduction to the merry mutants of the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, The post credit scene for this episode, we see Kamala laying in her bed and the bangle starts to act up and then she's sent flying through the air through her closet door and when she gets out it is not kamala but it is carol danvers played by brie larson who looks so fucking hot yeah 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 i don't know i uh i think it's her best look so i don't know about the costume for they i think Somebody's pants are off, but she's got the the red on top rather than the red on the bottom. 
Okay. Well, no, I mean, they just look extremely thin. Mm hmm. Yeah. Very... Well, Brie Larson's in some fucking crazy shape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like crazy, crazy shape. Like, well, uh, I think it ought to maybe just be that her old costume is kind of bulky for Super sure. Joker. So, sure. Yeah, yeah. More form fitting. Yeah, I mean, she should smile a little bit more. Um, <laughs> she, she's got a, a lady's haircut now, right? That's what yeah, we absolutely. All wanted, right? Absolutely. Uh, and yeah. and I know it's not a butt stunt double because, like, I've seen her doing like uh, juicy butt workouts and squats on on Instagram. Uh, Brie Larson, I like her. I think she's a great actress. I think Carol Danvers she is was kind fun of in a scene. She was fun in this scene. She's kind of a pill of a character. Um, even in the comics, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of like Carol's whole thing is she's kind of like a stiff. Um, Did you think she Kamala polymorphed into Kamala into Carol for just a second? I did. I did. Uh, and then I was I was initially disappointed and then I rewatched it and saw that it was they swapped places. Uh, well, one thing I got to say, I really like the and I know we we're kind of getting on. Disney and Marvel's case with the CGI, but we've seen so many transitions of like characters jumping out of portals in the Marvel Cinematic (laughs) Universe. It's like kind of their thing. I like how it was kind of like almost like a Nightcrawler bamf. Like it was like this twirly ribbon thing. And it like was like like, different. Finally, it's not just a portal. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I've seen so many fucking portals in this franchise. Um, I, so we were talking about this before we went on the air. Um, we kind of talked about like what these bands are going to end up being. And in the comics, there's a thing called the Nega bands, which is like ancient Cree tech that was left on earth that were worn by like Quasar and worn by um, the original Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, whose name was Captain Marvel because <laughs> it was like not so subtle. Um and when a wearer wears these things and like clinks them together, they're transported into the negative zone, which is something that we inevitably think is going to be happening because of the Fantastic Four coming so soon and mm-hmm. being so intrinsic in is the second time I can't pronounce this fucking word. Intrinsically, yes, yes. Linked to the Fantastic <laughs> Four as characters. And when we did our Shang-Chi um, episode, we spoke about how, well, at least I spoke about how I think that, um, that the the ten rings were were linked to this as well, something very similar. Um, I have kind of like stupid theory based on like all the stuff that like I know from just like reading comic books yeah, my yeah. entire life and different storylines. I think because we only have one bangle, I think the other bangle could potentially be the ten rings, and if it's not. They were both left here by the Cree or whatever race, mm-hmm. however many years ago, by the same race on Earth. And that at the end of Shang-Chi in that post credit scene where we see Carol say, like, oh, I got to take off. I got to get this. And that whole beacon thing. Oh, we could yeah. see her in search of this beacon in the beginning of the Marvels. And then getting stuck inside of the negative zone inevitably when she finds it. And there's a story arc in uh, in the comics where Captain Marvel was stuck in the negative zone and the nega bands were on Earth and this character named Rick Jones, he would put them on and clink them together and him and Captain Marvel would trade places. So mm-hmm. Marvel would be on wherever Rick Jones was and Rick Jones would be stuck in the negative zone 
Getting I think it would be called by a nihilist or whoever else. <laughs> whoever else, exactly. <laughs> so I think I'm scared. I think if like the Marvels started off with like Carol like going after this beacon from the end of Shang-Chi, getting stuck inside the negative zone, and then all of a sudden getting zapped back, and then Kamala being stuck in the negative zone and her kind of being the replacement for Rick Jones. Yeah, yeah. Would be kind of cool. And do you I, Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. I, I just I hope Annihilus is the bad guy of the Marvels. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I was thinking Fantastic for the first uh, film there. Possibly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh god, what was I going to say? You're gonna ask me a question. Yes, I was. I was. Oh, do you think had this final scene was a scene from the Marvels, kind of like uh Ant Man's post spirit scene? Maybe I do. Oh, I huh. do. I think that this is going to be like 30 minutes into the Marvels. Mm-hmm. We're going to be following Carol and all of a sudden it's going to be like, Zoop, and now all of a sudden Carol's here and Kamala is inside the negative zone. And while Carol Danvers is on earth, she's going to be like, holy crap, I have to go get this kid back now. And she's going to seek out sword and mm-hmm. um, Monica Rambeau. And they're going to be on the quest to go get Kamala out of this thing. And that's how we're going to get Kamala in space. Okay, okay. Does that make sense? Somewhat, somewhat. I, uh, I'm wondering if Carol's just going to be in the course of her adventures and comes across this other band, touches it, and it fucking activates because she's a mutant as well. And and Kamala and Cameron's mother sent her powers too, so she's got powers and top of powers now. And, and they're all genies. Yes, everybody's <laughs> genies. Yeah, everybody's a fucking genie. Uh, um. Well, if they make Carol Danvers a genie, I hope she doesn't wear puffy pants and she keeps these tight leather pants. Well, I think it's—I think from my opinion, with the pants may have been they were just too casual. <laughs> too casual. Uh, yeah. Do you think that whenever they swap, Kamala's going to die in the vacuum of space? No, I think Kamala's <laughs> going to be fine, and the negative zone's going to have some sort of explanation for how she breathes. Well, this show's going to bomb so hard, they're going to have to kill off Kamala. And then, uh, absolutely. And then Carol Danvers is going to get her power stored by Rogue, and then they're going to write her out. And, yeah, maybe that's what they'll do. They'll yeah. just rename this the MCU and do uh, a brand new reboot for yeah. the, the MCU yeah. proper. I've, I've heard these rumors about her oh, yeah. replacement. This insanely high praised actress who's won Academy Awards that they got to be in their fucking movie. Who's mm-hmm. excited about the goddamn part. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> why? Uh, um, no, I'm excited for wherever we see Kamala next in the Marvels. And, you know, we get the, uh, the stinger, like, you know, we get at the end of all these Marvel movies uh, where Thor will return. This one says, you know, Kamala Khan will return in the marvels so mm-hmm. i'm excited for that and this got me excited for that and brie larson's a big get for a disney plus show she's a big name actress who wins academy awards you know what i mean well that's also for what made me wonder if this is the marvels footage yeah that too like <laughs> how did you get brie larson on set for this day she unless she's just <laughs> we didn't she was comped in in some studio in atlanta where they hold her prisoner and make her make 50 movies a year you know uh, scarlett johansson's her neighbor and robert downey lives down yeah, there and yeah. there's just like this compound outside of atlanta down there in georgia where all these actors are held hostage by contracts and kevin feige with a gun at their head <laughs> Um, before we jump into our recap and our reviews, do you have anything additional that you'd like to say about the last two episodes of Miss Marvel? No, no, uh, no, no, that's it. 
All right. All right. Nothing you're old. Nothing you're old. Not a feat. <laughs> and then Josh Hurtichels. Uh. Tell us how you really feel. Let's rate this. Well, we here at the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast rate all of our episodes from one to six infinity cones, one being the worst, six infinity cones being the best. We do accept. I am sticking with that because I think it's funny. Imagine, and the guys at Androids pointed this out, how like Thanos committed like genocide, right? Like on a universal scale. And then they made this like comedic reference to him. Like we defeated Hitler, right? But we like don't have Jojo Rabbit. And but we don't have like do you have five years after? No. Do you have like (laughs) mine fries instead of like mine fur, like a French fry place called like mine fries? Uh, You know what I mean? Like, no, and it's like kind of the equivalent. So yes, I'm sticking with the infinity cones for another week because I'm sick of saying infinity stones because I I can't believe we're still rating or reviewing things out of six. Uh, Oh, that's the thing that's bothering me. When we it's get to the an awkward scoring system, oh, yeah. when we get to the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, we will s- switch it from one to five Star Lords. I promise you. Oh. I promise oh. you. But until then, we got to stick it out. One Infinity Cone being the worst, six Infinity Cones being the best. We do accept half Infinity Cones. Travis, let's only rate the finale and the series as a whole. What say you? You can't stop me. I'll rate that fifth episode if I want to. <laughs> I didn't rate well, it much. You, no, no. It's, what, yeah, I it's gave fine. I gave the fifth episode a two out of six. What do you give it? That's a fair score. Uh, maybe a little generous. Not by much. It's yeah, yeah. That's a generous. D. That's yeah. an F. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's an F. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one out of six infinity cones for the sixth episode in the finale. Uh, I'm going to rate it differently than the last few episodes where I've rated based on my personal enjoyment. Uh, it's like a four out of six for me. It's a pretty decent uh, thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, a nice, a decent send-off considering where episode five left it. It Most of my issues stem from how poorly that ended and how the follow-through uh, made everything very messy, but I agree with you. Like the finale, I've I've given pretty much all of these episodes, like uh, with the exception of the fifth, just now, uh, like a five or five point five out of six. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give the finale like a four point five out yeah. of six. It yeah. was, and the finales usually have been like this for me, where they've been the most lackluster episode, with the exception of Hawkeye, which was like kind of like a fantastic finale. Um, I didn't like that the villain ended up just kind of becoming this one note damage control thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't like how Cameron's powers look. There was a lot of dodgy stuff, but I do like all of these characters and we got to see every single one of them interact with every single one of the other ones. Like we got to see interactions with every single core member of the Kamala Khan crew interact Mm. with one another. And I think that was the strongest part of this series. So getting to see that, getting to see um, 
Iman Valente in her costume and then, you know, just getting the mutants and like hearing it like that was yeah. exciting for me. It was like the I finally got it. We finally got it. So um, but despite that, we got some lackluster action. That's what we've kind of unfortunately grown accustomed to in the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Disney Plus landscape. And sometimes even in the movies. There was. Yeah, yeah, Hawkeye was great. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was fine. Well, I'm not making this show. Uh, just there's some moments. Moments. There are some moments, and uh, we did get the uh, we're New Yorkers. That's what we do sequence, which <laughs> I I always appreciate. Could have used Governor Cuomo or Chris Christie reminding us how they're not perverted; they're just Italian. But save it for another show. Um, what did you think of the series overall? What would you rate that one to six? Infinity Cones. Okay. Uh... This is going to be around a, a four and a half. Uh, because I found the story very messy. Most of the stuff I liked was stuff they pulled right from the comics. Uh, but that's kind of good. Like we were talking earlier, that's kind of mm-hmm. what I wanted. And uh, the most important thing they got right, which is the characters' personalities and things like that. And they adapted those very well, even if the story of this season wasn't great uh moving forward there's always you can always improve <laughs> so, sure yeah season two may be much better or the movie uh, it's i'm pleased with the actors they chose the cast i'm eager to see them move forward and how they develop and i'm hoping that uh with peter parker moving out of high school and into college or or being a bomb under a bridge or whatever he's going to do hopefully yeah yeah uh that this kind of fills that gap with the school age kids here. Yeah. I, I do want to say that one of the things that makes the comic book so great is one of the things that makes this television show so great. And that's Kamala Khan, who she is, her struggle with balancing school with Mm -hmm. her home life and her supporting cast. One of the things that's not so memorable about the Miss Marvel <laughs> comics run is really the plot and the things that were going on in her adventures. Yeah. So it kind of like follows suit with that where like, yeah, the story was kind of muddy and kind of wonky, but the story has never been the thing that really made the Miss Marvel comics all that great. It's really been the characters. And I think the show did, like you said, what is most important for um for this franchise which is like we have found an amazing actress who nails this part they have nailed the uh, intricacy i can't say this word again <laughs> intricacies of her character to a t um along with her supporting cast and um and that makes me really happy and you mentioned pretty much everything i would say it does kind of fill the peter parker uh, with great power void where we have this teenage superhero. And that's one of the things that kind of differentiates um, Spider-Man and and Marvel from a lot of superhero storytelling, especially when it like first came out, those like early Lee Dicko comics where it's like, Oh, I've never seen a teenage superhero. You know what I mean? Um, and we never really got that in the MCU with Spider-Man to begin with. Spider-Man was always kind of just like had limit, limitless, uh, you know, 
technology at his disposal. He could do whatever the yeah. fuck he wanted. Yeah. He was saving the world right away. He went to space in his like fourth fucking appearance. <laughs> it was just like, you know, madness. Uh, we never got to see like the day to day Peter Parker struggling thing. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think we're going to fill that void with this character. And I have no complaints about that because I really like this character. And I think the show did a really good job with the um, um, tying her religious um, background and, and, and her being, you know, the child of an immigrant, of an immigrant family uh, so closely to like defining who she is so well, like, like it or not things like, how you were raised and and your your sexuality and your gender like define who you are i know people say they don't and they're like oh it should just be you know a good story and if it it, you know fuck that (laughs) that does make a person who they are that all ties into Mm -hmm. what they are you know you never complained when captain america said there's only one god ma'am and he doesn't just like that daredevil went and talked to a priest every other fucking episode (laughs) his mom was a nun by the end yeah 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 uh, people's religious beliefs are part of their core being and uh, i i do want to go back and rewrite one thing the story four and a half the character is like Five out of six. Uh, five yeah. and a half, actually. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I give the show a five out of six. It would have been like a near flawless score if we didn't have that like <laughs> real bummer of an episode. Um, and then again, like them kind of like muddying down like what they wanted to do with her. Like, did they want to make her a genie or did they want to give her a magic green lantern bracelet or did they want to make her a mutant the entire time? Like, did they just throw the mutant line in at the end because they could, they got Fox like after they wrote the script. So they just threw it in last minute. Maybe, you know, maybe who Um, knows. Um, But yeah, no, I'm going to give it like a, I'm going to give it a five out of six infinity cones. Um, because think, I really oh, had a fun oh, time. Go ahead. No, no, I really had a fun time watching it. And I think who it was designed for. I'm trying to put myself in that mindset. This is a perfect little show for that. You know? Mm-hmm. What were you going to ask me? I'm sorry. No, no, no. It was a, a very inane question about do you think Kamala Khan can use her powers without the fucking bracelet? And the answer is yes, but they yeah. never showed it to us. Yeah. She should be able to. She's a mutant. That's like what makes it magic too. And <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. There's just a, there's a lot going on there in camera and getting mutant powers or something. Maybe, maybe his are yellow yeah, because he's just a genie and he doesn't have the, the mutant power to make it blue or purple or whatever color it was. Whatever fucking color it was. Well, whatever nor it was. It was light. It wasn't a color. So. Oh yeah, yeah. We still it haven't cracked. Green, we, we, haven't, <laughs> we haven't cracked the science behind hard light. So. Oh uh, yeah, I meant to ask you how much when she's in full mech mode. The. <laughs> Uh, how much do you think it weighs? Since it's yeah, since light doesn't have mass, but it apparently reflects bullets. Um, I don't also, know. I think it's shooting bullets at children, much. Travis. Shooting bullets at children is shocking. Yeah, always yeah. shocking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's a bit weird that she doesn't wear a helmet. Uh, right now I don't really want her to, but since they've taken armor's power. And, well, she she wore a helmet while she was on the bicycle in the first episode. So. Oh, yeah, she was wearing a bicycle helmet in the future along with her, her mech, uh, energy mech. Uh. Safety first. Yeah. Safety yeah. first, my friend. Did you get a little uh, chub when they said embiggen? I was thinking about <laughs> you when they said embiggen. 
Did you get a little embiggened? Yeah, I got a little embiggened too. Um, Yeah, no, altogether, I think this was a a really fun show aimed at a demographic where these this kind of material should be aimed at, despite everyone thinking it should be aimed at people between the ages of twenty five and forty five. I think we should start making some children's material actually for children i think that's kind of like an important <laughs> thing to do it's one of the reasons like i like that shazam movie like so goddamn much the um, other reason is that it's really good the other reason is that it's really good did you see the uh shazam director talking about the first time he how he may or may never have met the rock he's like not sure did i say this <laughs> no no i didn't see this yeah. oh my god he he like published like i guess he draws like little little like comic books or something like that, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and has been publishing them as uh totally true stories from Shazam too. And this one was like, I've never met or spoken to the rock. At least I don't think so. And it's like a little picture of him with like a heart above his head, looking at the picture of a rock as black Adam coming soon. Mm-hmm. And it says uh, black Adam was apparently shooting at the same time as us in Atlanta. And then one day a note slipped underneath the door of my trailer. And then the note was signed. The note said the hierarchy of the power in the DC universe is about to change. And it was signed with a bicep measurement. It says bicep 21 inches. (laughs) (laughs) And then outside of the trailer was just this old lady who says that they hadn't seen anything. And the little drawing as I'm showing Travis bad for an audio medium is like this, picture of this big muscly person with like long hair like it's like a little you know it's a little rock and then the note the notes kept popping up i don't know how i even found one in the woods when no one was around and it's a little picture (laughs) of him finding this note with the the rock dressed as a squirrel behind him yeah 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 and then uh some of the crew had a theory that it was the rock doing it I found this preposterous at first. And it's a guy saying, you don't get it. The rock is a chameleon. And then it's a picture of him, how he can't tell the difference between the rock. He's like, you need to tell me that the guy from jungle cruise and the guy, the guy with the hat from jungle cruise and the guy without the hat from Jumanji are both the same person. (laughs) Yeah. It's very funny. So I've never seen an interview of uh, Shazam on letterbox. Who's? Uh, the director of Shazam. He he left his own review on yeah, Letterbox. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I have not seen it. Is it uh, is it gold? Yeah, it's worth it's worth looking up. Uh, he was oh, not very kind. Definitely... <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, now that we're done with Miss Marvel, um, do you want to wrap up the episode talking about just a couple news items before we call it an evening? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is the first? What is the first uh, news item that we have on the docket today, Travis? And the first real news item, I guess, is Adam Scott is on board for the Madam Web movie. Maybe uh, I mean he's getting <laughs> We're not on questioning- board for whatever they're doing. <laughs> yes. Yes, Adam uh, Scott is going to be in a movie that they're saying is called Madam Web. Yeah, Travis put the question mark at the end of that uh, sentence because they're saying this might not actually be about Madam Web, even though it's called Madam Web. It might be a different character. Yeah, right? I think that would probably be a good idea, though. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, 
I think I think Dakota John, dude, the cast seems to be good. I was just about to say, I think Dakota Johnson would be like a pretty good, pretty good Felicia Hardy black cat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A little old, but well, they were working on a silver and black movie, you know. Uh, Drew Goddard wrote the script. I heard it was great. Yeah. Then again, they could be saying it's not really a Madam Web movie because it's really a Spider Woman movie, and that would be a very disappointing surprise reveal, wouldn't it? Yeah. (laughs) It's yeah. But like Spider Woman is like not a Spider Man character. She's I like guarantee a, you, Sony owns the rights because it says Spider in it. Yes, guarantee it. Uh, but they just introduced Sword, who like was started by Spider Woman. Doesn't the- matter. They can use Sword, <laughs> can't use Spider Woman. I, I am as sure of this as I have been about anything because it would have been tied up because they don't want. Fucking Marvel to release a Spider Woman movie opposite their Spider Man. Yeah, and it's funny because like this movie isn't just like in active pre production. This movie like started filming in Boston this week, and they've like decorated Boston to look like a period New York City or uh, something yeah, like that. Made me feel very old. Uh, yes, two thousands. The retro. Oh God! <laughs> Everyone's got frosted tips and is wearing visors yeah. with like little fringe. You know, like the worn out like yeah. uh fronts on them. Do you think they'll be able to hide what this movie is for much longer? I mean, I imagine they won't have a suit since Craven's not gonna wear a silly suit and Morris didn't really wear a silly suit, did he? He he looks ghoulish, but that's CGI. Right? <laughs> he does look ghoulish. Um he who shall not be named. I can't say. <laughs> oh, name I, uh, I baited you. Yeah, yeah retired. Oh, I, I almost broke Silence. my vow. Never. Yes. Um, I have no clue. What if it's like just like um, I don't know, like a like a little indie drama called Madam Web, you know, <laughs> like like Girl in the Spider Web or something like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, what yeah. if it's a sequel to Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Girl who kicked the spider hornet or Spider Man. Or something. Yeah, yeah. David Fincher directing the Madam Web movie for Sony. I wouldn't be surprised at this point. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They need to do something over there. The uh, I was gonna say oh. the not the not news that I just want to bring up is that there's rumors of like Ryan Gosling talking to Marvel Studios and addressing his fan casting as Nova and declining that he's going to be playing Nova and like the active rumor that I have no idea where this started, but has been shared on the internet by many clickbait articles is that he's playing Ghost Rider or something like that, or being courted to play Ghost Rider. I guess he was quoted as saying that he's interested in playing Ghost Rider, which I'm totally on board for that. I, uh, I love Ryan Gosling, so... He's hard not to love. He's so handsome. He's so charming. He's so talented. Um, and Lars and the Real Girl is extremely fucking funny. Yeah, and uh, heartwarming in a way. Yes. I was looking for reasons to like Ryan Gosling back when I was married because my my wife would watch The Notebook and like loved it. And oh, I remember, yeah. yeah. And I remember watching it and being like you know, this guy's great. And like Gina Rowland's in this movie and like John Cassavetes son directed it. And like, this guy's great. Um, 
and, and you know, I thought Lars and the Real Girl was great. It was like an indie movie, and uh, and Half Nelson was great. Mm-hmm. But I wanted him to like be tough, <laughs> you know. And I was like just waiting for the like, man, someday I'm going to be able to be like, yeah, Ryan Gosling's my yeah, guy. He's a true believer, and you're like, that's the one. <laughs> well, I just remember being their opening night for Drive, and just being like, oh, yeah. to, give it to me, Ryan Gosling, be my, that- be in like your Fast and the Furious, and then it being Drive and being like, oh, it's so much crazier yeah, than yeah, this. Yeah, I have yeah, a new like a reason. Story for you, I would imagine, where it's got so much style, art house, and then it, he's oh. kind of badass. So it's. And then yeah. he like stomps a guy's face out in an elevator. Like we've seen <laughs> Gosling play the stoic silence <laughs> hero riding off into the distance. Like oh, so hero. Ma- I thought we were talking about only God. <laughs> well, he's a real hero. He's a real human being. We see. <laughs> Uh, We've seen him wear a cool jacket many times now. We've seen Only God Forgives, a movie that Travis and I like to kind of like defend a lot lately publicly. Um, And we've seen him as a biker in uh, The Place Beyond the Pines, which is a strange little movie. But yeah, Eva Mendes is very hot in it. So she is. Yes. And she's got that like element of trash that like really gets you and I going. (laughs) Yes. 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 (laughs) Um, that's an interesting movie and like spoilers for the next 30 seconds for a movie that's been out for 10 years. They kill the main character. Yeah, that's, like That's what I mean about it being such a weird movie where it's, it turns into a completely different film midway through and it's yeah. really cool. I, granted, I like the first half better, but yeah. just the idea of it. And the, the foot goal. chase. Yeah, the foot chase um, with Bradley Cooper as a cop going after Ryan Gosling is really cool. Like it's, it's all like handheld camera mm-hmm. and like Gosling robbing banks on like his motocross bike. <laughs> With is, a bunch of shitty prison tattoos. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> and like his whole scheme is like, just run into a bank screaming as loud as possible and ride your bike into a U-Haul and like park on the side of the road. It's, it's like, yeah, that would probably like, work. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, yeah. It's awesome. That movie is fucking awesome and gosling is fucking great in it get, he plays a carny which is yes, great yeah yeah they should get nicholas cage back as a cameo as the spirit writer the, the old cowboy one that, <laughs> i'm sure he would be on board yeah. nicholas cage riding a horse yeah of course yes of course of course <laughs> with a, a all white and a nice hat and i um was unemployed for a couple months, a couple years ago, and was watching a lot of like movies with directors commentary on, hanging out with my retired stepdad. <laughs> and we would watch uh, Ghost Rider with the director's commentary on in the middle of like a Tuesday because we had nothing better to do because I was unemployed and uh, he was retired. And I'll never forget like turning the volume up because we knew when the cast and crew would start talking about how. Nicholas Cage's muscles weren't CGI'd, but his flesh tones were CGI'd because they had to CGI out his Ghost Rider tattoos and all of his shirtless scenes. <laughs> I somehow missed him on the commentary. Commentary, great. I've heard, listened to that one too. I, my, the main thing I remember about it is that they asked why they cast a different actor uh, for the young Nicholas Cage, but kept the same actress for Eva Mendes, but it's a different actress. They just look a lot alike. Uh, because he's 30 years her senior yes. in that movie. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. That too. Okay. Yeah. 
I would like to see Gosling play Danny Ketch and just get Nick Cage to be Johnny Blaze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More Danny Ketch than Johnny Blaze. Huh? Mm-hmm. Do you have any other news you want to talk about? No, I think that is it for this week. Uh, I'm excited. We don't have any Marvel next week, but we do have the San Diego Comic-Con coming out. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of announcements and hopefully a clear-cut plan for what Marvel's doing. And hopefully Travis and I don't start getting upset over how many of these things are coming out. A lot (laughs) of what we talked about today, I think we might be talking about when we cover that. They hit us, but then they give us like nice footage. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but I'm sure we're going to get a better look at Black Panther. We're going to get a better look at the Marvels. We're probably going to get some announcements. Uh, no, but... <laughs> I'm really Not the movie Submariner, so. of course. That's probably not going to happen, but yeah, Black Panther. When we see that, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot for us to talk about. Probably going to sure. get like 30 more movies announced. You know? <laughs> And like 50 TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. That's all they're making now. <laughs> well, predictions. What do you think we're going to get at the San Diego Comic-Con announcement? Um, like for sure. hundred percent. I think Thunderbolts is going to be confirmed. Well, maybe. That one's still a little further off, I think. And, but Young Avengers. Uh, Nova. That one's been rumored strongly. And I'm going to say industry mags for we're reporting on that one, so that's pretty much a real thing. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping that's a movie, not a TV show. Same. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to get a Marvel Man television show announced. I think we're going to get whatever Loki season two trailer, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about that one. I- I'm going on the TV front. I think we're going to get the Wakanda television series announced mm-hmm. oh, I forgot that one hadn't been official yet either we're gonna get the werewolf by night or whatever this Halloween special is announced with some possible footage along with Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special announced this is all what I think like 100% we're gonna see mm-hmm. I think we're gonna get Blade um, more information on Blade maybe a date Huh? Maybe a date, maybe a director, maybe mm-hmm. expanded cast. Oh, the Fantastic Four! I wouldn't. I know people are really amped up, hoping that we get cast and maybe a director or director. And really, at this point, the cast is a much bigger deal than the director, since we've had a director for this thing at one point. So. And then he dropped out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you'll yeah. get the transporter guy like uh, Vin Diesel did for Fast Ten Part. One and part two. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, who actually made the Incredible Hulk? I forgot that that guy's already made a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to get on the movie front. We're going to get a trailer for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. We're going to get a trailer or footage for Ant Man and the Wasp along with the Marvels. And then fucking, I don't know, like, what well are they going to dig that's not, like, a sequel? Like, I'm more excited for, like, what new characters are we going to get? Are yeah, we going to get yeah. Shang-Chi 2 announced? That would be neat, right? Are we going to get a, a title for the X-Men movie, which presumably may be X-Men? <laughs> that's what I'm thinking, like, or or some sort of, like, here's our plan for the mutants, you yeah. know what I mean? Now that they've introduced Kamala, that would make sense to, yeah, let's get oh, out of the bag some more. Uh, um, 
Secret Invasion is being filmed too. Maybe we'll get some footage from that. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's a definite possibility. A strong one, really. That's a strong, definitely, maybe from us. Yes, yes. Um, That's coming this year or next? Next year. That's coming next year. Maybe not then. Maybe not. Well, time will tell, and we will be here to talk about it. In the meantime, if you would like to email us or reach out to us, we are at mcubeyondinfinitypodcast at gmail.com. Please remember to find us on Facebook at the MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast Facebook group. Uh, please remember to check out our friends over at the Androids Amazing Podcast. I was just on that show this week talking about Thor Love and Thunder. And um, me and those guys actually have a couple of really exciting kind of things that I'm going to actually be able to talk about formally probably within the next month. I'm hoping that I'm really fucking excited about. But until then, I am John. I'm Travis. And we are Venom. <laughs>